The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. going on, everybody? Eric Franson, Anjay Salveson, Full Court Press, here on The Fan, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. Also have podcasts of our old shows there, old episodes and uh, former and uh, uh, former interviews. And there's some great interviews that we've had recently with, former, with some uh, guests that we've had here on the show, former players, former coaches. Uh, stay tuned for that, uh, for more of that to come, I should say. Uh, but... Certainly the sports world mourning the passing of Kobe Bryant over the weekend. Um, Utah Jazz, I'm sure, will have some kind of a tribute uh, this evening. We should be watching and listening for that as the game gets started. Most NBA teams last night, the way that they uh, did a tribute for Kobe Bryant is they would take a 24-second shot clock violation in honor of uh, Kobe Bryant's jersey, number 24. And then the opposing team wouldn't come across the uh, the half-court line and would get an eight-second violation in honor of Kobe Bryant's number eight jersey. I'm sure we'll probably see something similar uh, tonight because that's become pretty widespread through the NBA just in the last 24 hours. But there will be some kind of tribute tonight, I'm sure. Uh, watch for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Eric, we got to do roll call. Okay, time for roll call. Everybody, if you're listening to the show, text in to 435 let us know if you're listening, where you're listening from. Appreciate you tuning in here to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. I like to do roll call. It's just fun. You know, who's listening in? Where <laughs> Raise your hand. From? If you're in the car, if you're at home streaming it, What? Uh, how you listening? 435-339-0321 is how you can text in. It is free to text in. Well, if you have unlimited texting, if you don't and it's like charging you, then you have message, data rates applied to your service, whatever. But roll call. Time for roll call. Uh, Eric Aggies uh, get a big win over Colorado State. That's I felt like it was an underrated must win for both teams. One, for Colorado State to keep that momentum. And two, for Utah State just to stay in the hunt. A loss to Colorado State would have been oh so severe damaging. Colorado State came into the game winners of four straight. They had some momentum on their side. Utah State and uh, Colorado State, it was close for a good part of the game. Yeah. Uh, Utah State just couldn't really get away from them. And then uh, the, uh, the last part of uh, the, well, about midway through, a little more than midway through the second half, um, Colorado State just went ice cold. After they took a lead, 52-50, to 50, uh, they just didn't really do much of anything for the next several minutes. They didn't score another bucket until Utah State had a 13-14 point lead. And you want to know where it's where it started? The block by Alfonso with 10-13 left. Oh, that from behind? The, the chase down Incredible. block. A bad turnover by Brito. Uh turned into a breakaway layup from Martin. And then Alfonso from out of nowhere comes behind, gets the block. And then Colorado State doesn't score in that possession. Utah State comes and scores on their possession, and then the floodgates just opened. Like, it was over. I mean, he turned that whole thing around. That's when the game really did change. And I thought Alfonso was really good last night, actually. Or, excuse me, on Saturday night. 4-6 from the field. He also uh, he had 8 points. He had 3 rebounds. 
just, I mean, that was all in 11 minutes. Yeah, and doing but, a lot of things that don't always show yeah, up. I was going to say, defensively, I thought he was really good. Yes. And, and by the way, his footwork in the post is so good. It's patient. It's not It's not jittery. It's It's just, I mean, he... He finds the hoop with his feet, with I mean eyes in the back of his head, and it's it, it's all it is really something to watch. If you I mean like when you watch Alfonso in the post, watch his feet. Don't watch all the other players. Watch watch Alfonso with I mean the ball in the post. It's it's incredible. Uh, another great game by uh, Sam Merrill, twenty eight oh, yeah. points, five assists, dude. dude. I mean just everywhere on the court. Come on. And, ten, uh, and Justin Bean. 10 of 15 Bean. from the field and 5-7 from, from deep. Yeah. And Justin Bean, yeah, you're right. 6 of 8 from the field, uh, 9 boards, 13 points in 31 minutes, 3 assists as well. He had a couple of nice dimes as well uh, offensively. I thought he was really good. And Namish Keta, you know, he's getting back to be the Namish remember of last year, 4 of 5 from the field in 32 minutes. He had 10 points, 5 assists. He did have six turnovers, including one into the sixth row. Uh, but he also had seven boards. And he had two monstrous dunks. Yeah, Nico Carvacho is always somebody to watch out for for Colorado State. Uh, he's a good center in the league. Um, 14 points, nine boards. But I felt like he wasn't as dominant as he could have been. Yeah. I, I thought Utah State did a, a pretty nice job. I don't want to say a great job on him, but I thought they did a nice job countering him or making him have to work really hard for what he got. Yeah. Uh, again, I think Nico comes here, and I think Keta takes it as a personal challenge. Now, Aggies still have to go to Colorado State, and we'll see what that brings up. You know, last time they went there, they had to go in overtime just to get out of there with a win. Uh, but, yeah, I th- and I, by the way, Thistlewood, Adam Thistlewood, I thought was really good. In fact, that to start the second half, you had the Sam 3, Thistlewood 3, Sam 3, Thistlewood 3, and then Justin Bean completes a three-point play on the other side. Like it was just back and forth. Like that was high-paced basketball for the first five, six minutes to start that second half, which was really impressive to watch. Uh, a good win for Utah State. Just that they need to continue to win, to win these games against teams that should that really aren't as good as Utah State and Colorado State um, in the uh, in the RPI. Or excuse me, the net rankings. They were, because of their four wins in a row, they were creeping into that top 100 range, but uh, they're at 102 right now after the games that have completed over the weekend. Um, but really the test for Utah State is how can they play on the road? They're only one in four on the road, um, not counting neutral site locations. They're only one in four on the road, AJ. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has to figure out how to put their stuff together to play well away from the spectrum. Granted, yeah. they're going to have an, uh, uh, probably their best time of trying to figure that out tomorrow against a really bad Wyoming team. Yeah, I, and by the way, Wyoming is really, really bad. They they have they do not have a lot of if anything going for them. Uh, they're yeah they're they're, they're struggling and it, it's almost a tune up. Like, look, if you now that you got that win and you'll go get the win tomorrow against Wyoming, you've got momentum going into San Diego State. Now, how much that momentum is going to matter, we'll find out. But you got at least a little bit of momentum heading into San Diego State. And then, it, I mean, it's really a tough stretch here. Think about it, Eric. San Diego State on, on Saturday. UNLV on Tuesday. Boise State, who got you in Boise, you get them on the following Saturday. And then the following week, 
you're back on the road, and you are at Colorado State and Fresno State, which are no gimmies. No. No, they're not. Uh, 2197 text in and says, Wyoming is dangerous. If you watched... My thing will work here. Sorry. If you've watched them, they have some good players. Couldn't agree more. They have uh, they have a local kid, right, Eric? Uh, Hendricks? Is it Jake Hendricks? Oh, yeah, that's right. He uh, he shoots. He's a very, very high-volume shooter from three. Very high-volume shooter from three. Uh, they take a chunk of their shots from deep. Uh, Hendricks is really the most consistent one, and he's really not that consistent. Um, but you're right. You know, Wyoming is a dangerous basketball team. When you have nothing to play for, that's when it's the most scary. Right. So what Utah State can't do is let them hang around. Yeah. You know, in fact, it was interesting. After Namiyash got that ferocious dunk late in the second half, Colorado State went to timeout, uh, and then coming out of the huddle, because I rewatched the game on TV. I, I, I like to do that to see what I, I've missed. And you miss so much when you're just sitting there at the front. But you, you, you saw Craig look at Namiyash and say, finish it. And Namish is kind of like, okay. And and, uh, and he did. I, I thought Namish down the stretch defensively was really, really good. And that's really been the theme this year is to finish games. Whether it was LSU, you had to finish it. Uh, you had Boise State, they Boise didn't State, finish State, you it. didn't finish it, really. And, and UNLV, you didn't finish Air Force. New Mexico, or excuse me, Nevada, they almost didn't they finish. They almost didn't finish, yep. Uh, Colorado State, they finally finished. Now, they only have one true road win, right? San Jose State. Only one true road win. They need to go get this slate. They have to get uh, Wyoming tomorrow, and they'd really help if they could get Colorado State just to even get a sniff of that at-large conversation once again. So you bring up the at-large conversation. So um, ESPN doesn't have them in, and they're bracketology. Jerry Palm for CBS Sports does. He has Utah State as an 11 seed. Oh, he thinks their resume is strong enough and thinks that with the games remaining, Utah State should still be considered an at-large team and the Mountain West would get two teams in. Uh, uh. ESPN, <laughs> they've got this thing called BPI versus Bracketology. Um, and uh, their prediction is that USU has a 72% chance of making the tournament. And there's an 80% chance the Mountain West gets two teams what? into the tournament. Drugs. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's not happening unless we beat San Diego State. But like for any chance of that conversation to actually become a reality, they have to beat San Diego State because they don't have a true road win that's quality one. They don't. They need they need one on their resume or else this isn't happening. There's no way. But they have some neutral site victories, which are nice. But remember, they did they got swept by the WCC and losing to St. Mary's and BYU. They need to get. They have to get San Diego State for even, like even a conversation to be considerable, of an at-large bid. If they don't beat San Diego State, wash that out the window. They have to win the tournament. Uh, here's just a little something else to chew on from ESPN and their BPI versus bracketology uh, story that they put out earlier today. Uh, Aggie standout Sam Merrill and Justin Bean both in the top 35 in the nation in adjusted win shares. Duke. Maryland and Minnesota are the only other teams with two players in the top 35 in that category. <laughs> uh, tomorrow on Twitter, I'm going to put out an interesting poll. I've been doing some research and some studying, and I think it's time that we, that we really 
we get the true sauce to the answer. So you can follow me on Twitter at AJ Salvi, but I'm I'm doing some research currently on on some things, and uh, it involves that you individual you just discussed, Jerry Palm. No, Sam Merrill. Oh, Sam Merrill, Justin B. Well, Justin B. Not so much. So the the question is, and Hurricane John Newbold poses this and, and replied to this, and I think it goes to the discussion we've been having. John Newbold says this, I think if they keep winning, they should be in, even if they lose to San Diego State again. No. No. I think that Utah State, that the only way that does happen is if Utah State is in the championship game of the Mountain West Tournament. Bingo. Yep. Yep. I don't know that they necessarily need to absolutely I, win the tournament to be an at-large team. I, I agree. But I think they need to make it to the championship game. I agree. And lose if, to San Diego State this weekend, win all your other games, be in the championship, lose the championship. And then There's, they could get in. As I, I, and I actually, yeah, I think they get in. I think they get in with that because LSU continues to play well. Florida is playing well. Those are great wins that Utah State has on their resume. But the Air Force loss is an embarrassing yeah, loss. That's a bad loss. And UNLV lost, is not a great loss. Well, and you could have you had some good chance to pick some big wins with St. Mary's and BYU, and you couldn't do it. No, in close no. games couldn't close them out. Now, granted, BYU didn't do themselves any favor by losing to San Francisco. But still, I mean, you had a chance to pick up two solid wins, and you couldn't get either of those. I yeah, look, if they don't beat San Diego State, they have to get to the championship game. And and really, to be very honest with you, I th- I still think they need to win it, like or at least make it like a five point game. They have to make it a close game. Well, Craig if they Smith has to twenty five. They're not in it. Craig Smith and his team have to believe that's our only way. In. Yeah. Yep. It's true. To, you cannot that rely absolute on it. stamp that yes, you're in because you won your tournament. Yep. San Diego State's going no matter what. Yeah, yeah. They're going. There, no there's no what. question. There's no way you go this long undefeated and then, I mean, one loss detriments your way through. There's no way. I looking at that uh, that format. It's crazy to say this, Eric, for based on what we've seen so far from Mountain West Conference play. If the Aggies can sweep this weekend and get just a bit of help, they're in second place going into next week against UNLV in a big showdown. Now they need some help, but they could have a, sh- uh, a share of second place going into next week. <laughs> That's nuts. It, that just blow it, your mind. It, I was looking it doesn't at really Andy's speak like, very well of the Mountain West yeah, Conference, that to would, be honest. You're, you're dang right about that, Eric. You're absolutely right about that, my man. Um, but I, yeah, you, you need help. A lot of it. Uh, Utah State with their recent winning streak here have moved up in the rankings, in the net rankings. They're now up to 62. Mm-hmm. They were in that 80 range for quite a while there. And now they've jumped up to 62. They're the second highest team in the Mountain West. Nevada is at 82. And then Boise State's at 101. Colorado State's 102. New Mexico has, has dropped off. Considerably, they're down to 119. UNLV, they started out Mountain West play pretty good, and then they just weren't able to hold on. They've lost a couple of games here recently. They're down to 129, and then it's just a bunch of mess after that. Oh boy, this is always a fun time of the year. Uh, yeah, it's and look, they're, they're I mean they're at the bottom half of their stretch now uh, of the schedule. They only have four more home games left, believe it or not. They got UNLV and Boise State next week, and then after that, they got two home games left, and it's Wyoming and San Jose State. And then their season, and their regular season. I mean, they got one, two, three. They got they got four games left on the road and four games left at home. 
and we're done. And two of those, four of those games will be taken care of in the next week, and then they're down to four games left in the regular season. Utah uh, State has five road games left. They're at Wyoming, at San Diego State this weekend. Oh, this I missed the Wyoming one, sorry. Then they go to Colorado State and Fresno State, and then they close the game, close the regular season at New Mexico. Yeah, I mean... I like USU's chances to get wins at all those destinations, except for San Diego State. I do, too. But you know what? I would have liked their chances to win at Boise State and Air Force a few weeks ago. I liked their chances with four minutes left in the game against Boise State. (laughs) It's just... Let's not go there. It brings back trauma. Uh, uh, We'll we'll get into Wyoming tomorrow, and to be very honest with you, I, I, I know there's a danger to... Wyoming, but there's not a lot to worry about. <clears throat> not to say that Craig Smith won't have his team ready. I'm just saying from a media slash fan perspective, there's not a lot to worry about with Wyoming. Uh, there's news coming out of New Mexico. We talked about this. We teased this earlier. Um, some bad news coming out of New Mexico. Uh, Albuquerque Journal uh, can confirm that there was a New Mexico female student athlete who was shot at a party early Sunday. Multiple athletes from various different New Mexico sports teams were at this party. Uh, it was a, a home that was an Airbnb that was rented by Lobo Laquan Lyle. Football recruits were there. Uh-oh. Uh, athletes, um, no athletes are said to be accused in the shooting aspect of the incident. Um, athletics are aware. All coaches of all sports are aware um, party was heavily promoted, apparently. There were flyers. Other students from the university were there. Among those who were in attendance were University of New Mexico basketball players who chartered back from Reno after a 22-point loss to Nevada, got back to Albuquerque at midnight, and then they went to the party. Dude, Paul Weir's jobs, like, I mean, that thing is being set on fire. He is on, on fire. thin, thin yeah. eyes. Yeah, I, stuff's getting real over there, and if he doesn't clean it up quick... And it might even be too late. His he's looking for a new job after the season. All this is coming from Jeff Grammer, and uh, he continues. He says, aside from the criminal aspect of the party and the shooting, administrators are looking into who was promoting the party, who was receiving money for it, what eligibility ramifications it all could have for whatever sports or oh, athletes were. Yuck! <laughs> the fact that football recruits were there is not a good thing either. Oh, that's not good at all. You know, and the sad thing to it all is... <laughs> I can't, the sad thing to it all is that it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to take away from some careers. Like, I know there's no suspects that are athletes, but that doesn't mean that there's punishment. That's just being involved, man. Association. And, and we don't know the details or anything, but... No, there's still some information that needs to be... Revealed, but it was heavily promoted for did, athletes. Did she say she was killed? Is that uh, no non life threatening? Okay, good. Non life threatening. Good, 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 good. But it was heavily promoted. Recruits were there. Athletes were there. But who paid for the Airbnb? Yeah, that's what did I. Did you have know. to pay to get into the yeah, party? That's what I want. Who got know. the money? The players are getting back late. Why are they going at to midnight? A party? And they're going over to a party. In the wee hours of the morning, there's there's some real problems in Albuquerque, and there are real problems at New Mexico. 
the University of New Mexico. Why does Rocky Long want to go there? <laughs> so that's that's the bad news in New Mexico. I guess the good news is that they got Rocky Long back. Why? Like you just left San Diego for that crap show? <laughs> I know, dude. He he's got to be like, what in the he world? He was a am very successful coach for the Aztecs, and now he's coming to be the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach at New Mexico. Just doesn't make any freaking sense to me why he left. Especially that place. Yeah, he was far more successful at San Diego State than he was at New New Mexico. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that's not good. Jeez. Anyway, it's a mess in Albuquerque with the Lobos. Utah State plays there on Saturday, February 29th. We'll see what type of situation it looks like by then. A lot could happen between now and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A lot will happen between now and then. They've had players suspended. Players kicked off the team because of violent actions against women. And now this. Yeah, dude, it hasn't gotten any better. No. No. All right. Coming up next year in the Full Court Press. Uh, more about uh, Utah State and Mountain West standings. Who else won over the weekend? Um, we'll also look at uh, what's going on current standings in high school basketball. The latest RPI standings for 4A basketball for both the, the boys and the girls have been released. We'll update you on those as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Stay well. It's the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Yesterday, we learned of the tragic and sudden deaths of nine people, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. A legendary talent and two-time Olympic gold medalist, Kobe was an inspiration to many of the people on the floor tonight. He was an advocate for women's basketball and did as much to grow the game globally as anyone in recent memory. He and Gianna were tremendous supporters of UConn, friends to both teams, and their untimely deaths leave us heartbroken. We send our deepest and most sincere condolences to the Bryant family, Vanessa, Bianca, Natalia, and Capri. Please join us in a 24-second moment of silence in remembrance of Kobe and Gianna. Yeah, this is what was playing out uh, this evening ahead of the UConn and Team USA game. Uh, there was uh, seen some recent things lately that Kobe Bryant and his daughter, um, especially his daughter, was very, uh, uh, very much in support of the UConn women's basketball yes, team. Yes, she wanted to play there. She wanted to play basketball at UConn University one day. That was her goal. Uh, she, like, out of all the girls, she was the one that had the most competitive edge in her. The one that said, "I'm going to be just. I'm going to be Kobe." on the women's side of basketball. She, and according to some people, she was really special as a basketball player. She had a gift um, at her age. Just the knowledge, I mean, the knowledge was insane, I guess. I mean, that helps you live with Kobe Bryant. That's your dad. But she had a knowledge of the game and an understanding of the game in a deep, deep manner that made her just better than anybody else 
on the whole entire court. So with that, um, man, it's crazy. I just uh, it blows my mind that she's gone, that he's gone, and, and you know we think about the other the other seven who were on the plane who lost their life too. Um, one was the uh, JUCO baseball coach, and him and his family were were, were killed. Uh, it's it's just sickening, and I keep saying it's it's uh keep saying it's it's not real, and obviously that doesn't work. It's just when TMZ revealed it, I thought it was, dude, you're stupid, you're dumb, get off social media, TMZ. And then all of a sudden, like when when Woj put it out, then I was like, we just, dude, hold on a damn minute, like give us a moment to breathe. Um, it still is, it's just, it mind boggles me, man. Like I said, I still remember my very first show with you guys. It was about Kobe. I was so excited to talk Kobe Bryant. I was thrilled. I couldn't wait to talk about my favorite player in, in basketball. And he's, dude, he was God gifted. Let me ask you, you know, I mean, I know we got other stuff we got to talk about, but, um, where do you put Kobe in your ranking of greatest ever? I know that's not appropriate to have a conversation um, probably like this the day after a death, but let's do it. I think that he, boy, greatest ever. He's got to be in the top five. See, I see my top five. He's not my number one, but he's in my top five. I think Michael Jordan's up there. And Michael Jordan's my number one. Kareem's got to be up there. That's, I think it's my number three. I think you have to have LeBron. He's my number part two. Of the discussion. Bird's got to be in that discussion, probably. Uh, Magic Johnson might have to be in that discussion at some point. Mm. But then you're leaving a guy like... You know, Oscar O, John Halichich, Bill Russell, Will Chamberlain. Uh, I mean, dude, that list goes on and on and on. And it's just, it's tough, man. It's tough. That top five is full with, filled with people and uh, athletes, of, NBA athletes who are just, have changed the game in their own way. Um, but Kobe, like, look, like, for the fact that, like, people who even hated Kobe are depressed today tells you enough. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that just sucks. And then again, I mean, he him being announced in the 2020 Hall of Fame is great, but I just out of due respect for Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett, you make them wait for one more year because you know that they're walking into a shadow of Kobe Bryant. And on the outside, they're going to say, you know what? It's right. You know, Kobe's one of the greatest to ever changed the game, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, Tim Duncan's got to be like, what in the freaking world? I won five NBA championships, won one of the greatest dynasties ever, one of them, with one of the greatest coaches ever. And I'm going to sit in Kobe's shadow, my Western Conference rival, for how many years? At a Hall of Fame. And again, John Stockton did it. Dave Robinson did it when they were in double Michael Jordan. But that was different. Stockton and Robinson were more than happy to sit in just that little corner while everybody interviewed Jordan. They were thrilled with that idea. I would judge Tim Duncan to be kind of similar. You think so? Kevin Garnett might have <laughs> a different opinion. But he doesn't have as high as a resume, man. It's no, crazy. He you know? doesn't. No. Uh, so do you, do you think do you think it's just those three? I mean, with the with the aspect of Kobe dying, do you think they just take those three and call it "we're good"? Ooh, that's a good question. In fact, I don't know who's eligible this year. Actually, that's I'm just looking up that myself. Uh, NBA, what is it? NBA eligible list? What is you eligible? Chris Bosh is the other one. He's not getting in. 
<laughs> Not this year. He'll the nominee list is Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and Chris Bosh. Those are four of the 50, but those are the four most notable. Oh, Mark Eaton's on the list. Yeah, he's not getting in. Is uh, is Chris Webber eligible? Nuh-uh. Is that true? Chris Webber's eligible? <laughs> Sorry, Chris, dude. Uh, let's see. Sean Marion's eligible. Michael Finley's eligible. Yep, forget it. Kobe, Tim, and Kevin. Nobody else. And I, I, and to be honest with you, I feel bad for anybody else who does get elected in. Huh. Because you are, you are a, I hate to say it, but you are a side dish. You are an appetizer. Uh, I mean, between Bryant, Duncan, Garnett, and Bosch, that's 13 NBA championships, four MVP trophies. Good heck. Five NBA Finals MVP awards. 59 All-Star appearances. Yeah, good luck anybody else on that list getting any attention. Yeah, that's just, that's, I mean, and then what, uh, Tamika Catchings, one of the great women's players ever in the WNBA game and in the women's college game, is eligible. She might get in. I think she might have a chance to get in. So it'll be Kobe, Tim, Kevin, and Tamika. I laugh with respect, I swear, but uh, it's not looking great, Bob. And this this list didn't just come out today. Let's keep no, that in mind. This came out about a month ago. Yeah, yeah, it's been out for a while. But uh, man, we're gonna miss, dude. I, I I wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear Kobe Bryant's speech. I wanted to hear the stories because you know that him and Tim and Kevin. I mean, they probably would have sat him down and said, "Tell us about it." You know, t- like I I love listening to the inside stories, and I'm, I'm sure Kobe and Tim had a lot of those battling against each other in the Western Conference for supremacy. I'm sure Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett had a, a few of those, you know, in their trips to uh, two NBA Finals appearances against each other and one Western Conference Finals appearance against each other in 04 when Kevin Garnett was with the Wolves. I just, I would love to hear those stories from Kobe's because Kobe's such a great storyteller. As I've watched interviews and such uh, for a long time, he's a great storyteller. So, it's true. All right, uh, let's find out what else happened around the Mountain West over the weekend. We know Utah State got the win. Yep. What about some of the other games? There was a doozy on Sunday between San Diego State and UNLV, and uh, UNLV is certainly had uh, some history with playing some top-level teams at their house and beating them. Were they able to pull it off on Sunday? We'll find out. Coming up here with a quick word from Nick Kruckman in the Mountain West, and on the other side, we'll talk about the latest standings and RPI rankings in high school basketball and uh, what's going on with the latest rankings for the boys and girls in Region 11. <laughs> for some reason, doesn't want to play any audio. Remember when this happened to us the other day? Okay, you know what? Now, every time that this happens, you always blame me when I'm on that side. And then, when it's you over there, oh, no, it's the board's fault. Ain't working. Oh, man. Wait, is it really not working, though? Or are you just lying? Are you lying to me? Re- Let's try it again. <laughs>
This is your Mountain West basketball update with Nate Kreckman. Malachi Flynn continues to make his case to be the Mountain West player of the year as number four San Diego State wins in Las Vegas Sunday to go to 21-0. and Say it again. Can you get a stop? Yes. Stolen by K.J. Fagan. Beautiful ahead to Malachi. Puts it up and got it. And he was fouled. Ted Leitner on extra 1360. Aztecs hold off UNLV 71-67 at the Thomas and Mac. Their 21st win, now a new record for best start to a season in program history. Flynn, 21 points. He's averaging 20 a game away from VA Haas Arena. Saturday, it was Nevada hitting 17 triples on their way to a 96-74 home win over New Mexico. Game clock down to 2.05, shot clock at 12. Drew way outside left, Heim screens, Drew three ball left side. Ho! Drew got the three. John Ramey from Learfield IMG College. Wolfpack have won three of their last four, second in the Mountain West with a 6-3 and three conference mark. Utah State looking to climb back up the conference standings. They pull away from Colorado State in the second half Saturday in Logan. 61-52, Aggies led by as many as 14 in the first half and have trailed by as many as three. Down low to Kata. Kata throws down the dunk over Thistlewood. Scott Gerrard from Learfield IMG College. Sam Merrill hits five threes, goes for 28. Aggies snap Colorado State's five-game win streak, 77-61. Boise State at Fresno State Saturday, and the Broncos roll to a big road win. Back inside, they go to Kijab. Cross court, left corner to Alston. Open three for him, bullseye. Bob Beeler from Learfield IMG College, 87-53. The final, Boise State 5-4 and four in league play. The other Saturday final, San Jose State, a 90-81 home win over Air Force. Women's Hoops Saturday, Fresno State comes back from 17 down to win 85-80 at Boise State. Bulldogs leading the Mountain West at 9-0. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Nate Crackman. Sunday, the San Francisco 49ers and Kansas City Chiefs square off in Super Bowl 54. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew from Miami for all the action. The Chiefs are in the big game for the first time in 50 years. Can they bring the title home to Kansas City? Or will the Niners take a sixth Lombardi trophy back to San Francisco? Tune in to find out. If it's Super Bowl 54, it's right here. It all starts at 3 o'clock with pregame and then kickoff at 4.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I think it's competitiveness, you know, it's his will to win, uh, his drive, his work ethic, you know, I think it's something that whatever you do in life, you want to, you know, be at your best and give everything you got, and I think Kobe was the one guy that gave everything he got every single night, you know, everyone, uh, I mean, everyone's different, you know, everyone got different skills, but when you give everything you got to your team and, you know, to win every single night, it's something to you know, to, to get inspired from. That's Rudy Gobert. His thoughts on Kobe Bryant, saying he was an inspiration. We're seeing uh, now as uh, games get started on the East Coast and the Eastern time zone, teams are, we're seeing different tributes these teams are doing as they begin their games. A game in Detroit, Pistons players for the starting uh, lineups and the announcements to get the game started in the National Anthem. All came out wearing dark jerseys with the Motor City on the front and Bryant on the back, and they wore either a 24 or an 8 during the opening ceremonies of the game as it got started. They observed a 24-second moment of silence, and then as the players went to the bench, they took those jerseys off and put on their regular jerseys for the game. 
what the Jazz will do tonight. I'm sure it'll be something similar. Don't know specific what they'll do, but this seems to be a growing uh, uh, trend that we're seeing throughout the NBA is uh, teams reacting to the news of Kobe Bryant's passing yesterday morning. Uh, Ajay, Region 11 basketball. Uh, the girls hit the midway point last week. They only played one game last week. The boys will only play one game this week to make it even. The boys won't play on Wednesday. They only have one game on Friday this week. So that means that everybody has played everybody to this point. And from here on out, it starts to shift. If you hosted the team, now you're going to play at their place or vice versa. Uh, but the latest UHSAA rankings are out. The team on top is the same. The team on the bottom is the same. Skyview is still number one. Mountain Crest is still number 21. And there's been some movement with the other teams, though. Ridgeline has moved up a little bit. Bear River has dropped a little bit. Uh, Green Canyon and Logan made slim, slight gains. But uh, Skyview affirmed number one. Ridgeline at number five. Bear River at number 10. So there's still three teams from the Region 11 in that top 10 for boys basketball with Green Canyon just on the outside with the, they split their games this last week. Yeah. Uh, so wait, where's Ridgeline at now? Uh, Ridgeline is number five. Okay. And kind of a scrappy team. I think they're, yeah. they're, they're punching above their weight class right now. When Green Canyon, well, I guess when Skyview's already, when Skyview does got to go to Ridgeline, when that game happens, watch out Skyview. I think Ridgeline's going to come ready to go. That, that's a scrappy basketball team. They just play hard. Someone told me that really well. They, they said, look, they're not as talented as Skyview, but they just give you 32 minutes of grief. I mean, they will, uh, if they're down 20, they're going to play if they're down five, and they're going to give you everything they got. Uh, I, I love Caden Cox. I, I think he's a scrappy kid. Uh, it's, a, it's a good basketball team. It really is. It's, uh, and they got the uh, Jacob Salveson kid, too, um, who's actually a pretty good ball player himself. He's, he's kind of one of their main cats, and so... Uh, yeah, Ridgeline's nowhere near out of this, by the way, of of uh, hanging in there with, uh, with with Skyview. On the other hand, Mountain Crest is struggling immensely. I know, I know they're giving it what they can with what they have. Uh, it, it's sad, you know, and it, it's it's a bummer. But that RPI gives you a chance. The way the RPI is now, it gives you a chance to go play some of the best. And you know what's funny is that if Mountain Crest wins that first game, they play Skyview. Because they're the last team in the rankings, they'd face the number one team, and that's Skyview, and that'd be at Skyview. So, right, if the playoffs started today, Mountain Crest would play Green Canyon. Yeah, and if they were to win that game, then they'd play Skyview. <laughs> so you, crazy. Your region games would just continue if you're the Mustangs. In that case, uh, Green Canyon's another really interesting team. They had a squeak by Bear River on a last uh, last second game winning shot. I was on Friday. Uh, McKay yep. Jorgensen. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, <laughs> Screen Canyon team's tough to figure out, and I can't figure them out yet. Um, they've had some head-scratching losses. They've had a couple of good wins, but nothing defiant, nothing that tells you, hey, look, this is the team you need to watch out for. Um, I'm not sure what's going on over at Green Canyon, but uh, you know, I, 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 I would imagine they'll get it fixed and ready to go by state playoff time. Yeah, Ridgeline uh, had two dominating performances this last week, uh, 28 excuse me, 24-point blowout win over Mountain Crest and a 29-point win over Logan. Green Canyon split their week, uh, a loss against uh, Skyview. Game, that game was at Green Canyon. And then they had the last second win over Bear River. Um, and then you look at Bear River, 
they had a they had a fight. And they were kind of scrappy with the Logan Grizzlies on Wednesday, and then as we mentioned, they lost their game uh, at the last second against Green Canyon. So um, it, this is interesting to see what happens after this week, Ajay, where teams have a little extra time to reset, rethink some things, make adjustments with rotations for personnel if they can, and to see how they finish out the rest of the uh, region play. Now for girls basketball. It's a little bit different. Ridgeline is is the number two team in the state, and they've pretty much been pretty consistent there. Uh, they're twelve and four on the year, but there's some other good teams in Region Eleven in the state. When you look at the overall RPI rankings, Green Canyon is number four. Logan is number six. Skyview is just on the outside of that top ten. They're at number eleven. Uh, Bear River at twelve. Mountain Crest at thirteen. So the top three are really close, and the bottom three, if you could call it that, they're also very close. So some good basketball being played by uh, the girls in Region 11. But uh, it's tough. Mountain Crest, they're struggling to get any traction in region play. They have not yet, uh, neither the boys nor the girls have won a game in region play yet. How much do you think that split off really does still affect them with Ridgeline? Um, at this point, probably not, not much, much anymore. Okay. I mean, it's been four years. Yeah. So anybody that was in the system... Is out of it now. It's but, much, I mean, look, yeah. a lot of talent that was feeding through that Providence line, that Millville line, was going to Mountain Crest. And there is a lot of talent over there. So it's hard It it's hard to think, you know, if if you had this group over here playing with, with Mountain Crest, what do they do? Are they in it with Skyview? Are they undefeated? The crazy thing is that baseball seems to be doing just fine. Steve Hansen continues to go as one of the best teams in the state. Year in and year out, even despite the split. Let's find it weird. Uh, by the way, photo galleries of some of these games that we've talked about on CashValleyDaily.com. There's also a photo gallery of the Region 11 swim uh, meet that took place over the weekend. You can check that out uh, as well. So it's all there on Cash Valley Daily. All right, uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, some additional thoughts about uh, what's going on tonight. Uh, Utah Jazz are in action. Um, we'll update you on who will and who won't play. Starting lineups have been revealed uh, for those uh, for the game tonight, not a lot of names that we'll really recognize and be <laughs> really afraid of. But uh, still, it's an important game for the Jazz to get this one. Uh, and again, continuing to see how people are reacting to the news about the passing of Kobe Bryant on Sunday. Um, different teams having their tributes that they're doing for uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, who had a tremendous career in the NBA retired just a few years ago and is now eligible for the 2020 NBA Basketball Hall of Fame and uh, certainly will be, uh, he was going to be a shoe-in no matter what, but now it'll be interesting to see how that is handled uh, when that comes up a little bit later on this year. Anyways, we have uh, more to discuss coming up here on the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Andre Salveson, Utah Jazz taking on the Houston Rockets tonight. Pictures of, uh, just seeing some pictures of Royce O'Neal coming into the arena, wearing a shirt that has Kobe Bryant pictured on it. 
I'm sure we'll have some kind of tributes that we'll hear here on the full court, or excuse me, on the fan during the Utah Jazz broadcast coming up uh, later on this evening. Pre-game coverage in about an hour, starting at 6.50. Tip-off will be at 7. And Have you seen this Kareem Hunt story yet? No. <laughs> Tells you how the police feel. So the, the Browns running back, Kareem Hunt, uh, was, was pulled over. Um, and there was marijuana coming out. You know, there was marijuana in his car, and he had an open container of vodka in his vehicle. So that right there would probably get you a ticket or even arrested, right? Uh, this was on January 21st. He was stopped by, uh, he was at a traffic stop. He was, uh, it was released by the Rocky River uh, old police, Ohio Police Department. So he's pulled over on suspicion of speeding last week in Rocky River. Uh, during the stop, the police officer uh, found marijuana in a backpack with Hunt's name on it, but cited him only for speeding. Because according to the police report, uh, Michael Asbury took Hunt to the police cruiser after detecting the smell of marijuana coming out of the car. And he said this, I quote, okay, I understand with you, you're with the Browns and all that because this is on the video of the traffic video. You have my word. If there's nothing in that car, I'm just going to give you a traffic ticket. A ticket. Uh, a traffic ticket is not going to get you in trouble. We constantly stop athletes around here because you're all working in Cleveland. If it's just a traffic ticket, you're not going to get in trouble, man. And then the officer returned to the cruiser with a plastic bag of marijuana. Uh, Hunt told him he was on his way to the airport to catch a fly. He said it was his brother's. Then when he was pressed further, he said he'd fail the drug test because he would, because he had marijuana in his system. Hunt said that he was, it was the off-season and that he was just having a good time. The officer said he would still write Hunt only for a traffic ticket, but would seize the backpack. He said, I hate to say this, but you of anybody should know you're trying to stay good and on, stay on the right path, and this is not the way to go. You don't want to screw up uh, over some weed. He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write you a traffic ticket. Then I'll just seize the stuff. Fair enough. I'm not going to write you a weed ticket either. Don't lie to me next time. And he said, honestly, I'm the biggest Browns fans ever. And I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. And it's frustrating to watch the Browns every single year. And then he let him go. Wow. Wow. Uh, very lenient cop. For an open container of vodka and marijuana in his car. Yeah. It's, he's recording all that. You know he's going to get some repercussions. Oh, yeah. As he should. He should. Nuts. That uh, just amazes me. Sorry. <laughs> that just blows nah. my mind the way things are ran. <laughs> I freaking go 10 over. I'm getting a ticket and told to go report in court. It's amazing. I should tell everybody I'm Kareem Hunt. <laughs> You're in the wrong state. So a spokesman of Rocky River PD called the officer's actions appropriate. Appropriate? Yeah, I'm not even joking you. They're all Browns fans. Huh. Oh, man. How would it be? Blows my mind. Uh, Jazz Houston tonight, what's, uh, what's your key to Jazz winning this one uh, against the Rockets? Well, the the Rockets, um, they're not going to have James Harden. They're not going to have Russell Westbrook. They're not going to have um, yeah, their center. No, uh, Clint kid. Capella. Yes, Clint Capella. Thank you. So the, the, the Rockets are going to try to play small ball and shoot a lot of threes. So uh, I, I think that the Jazz just have to be quick to their positions, uh, play their game, Offensively, uh, but 
just don't give anything easy for don't make it easy for Houston. Yeah, there you go. Don't let them feel like they can do it without their two stars. Yeah, I agree. Uh, finish. Like, I mean, look, like you have these guys on the ropes with before the game even starts. Go play out of your minds, make shots, play good basketball, and wipe these guys off the court and get them out of the way. Get your starters off the floor. Get them some rest. Because, again, as we've already mentioned, it's a tough stretch coming up. Uh, hey, really quickly, in, uh, in, in case you may have missed it, let's call it that segment, okay? In case you may have missed it. Grand Valley State suspends offensive coordinator Morris Berger for wanting a oh. meal with Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I read about this. Investigates the comments Berger made to a student newspaper regarding Adolf Hitler. He was being interviewed in the Grand Valley Landthorne paper and was asked which three historical figures Berger would have dinner with. He responded by saying one of his choices would be Adolf Hitler because of his leadership skills. Yikes. Yeah, basically he's saying, I'm really impressed with how he was able to motivate people and get yeah. average and below average people to follow him and uh, give their all. And he claimed it. Uh, he Which, you know, I, you can find other people in leadership that have done that. <laughs> but we're just going to gloss over all the bad things that Hitler did uh, uh, and motivated others to do. Super Bowl media nights tonight. Niners and Chiefs, they, uh, they get their media frenzy on. No Tom Brady. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he the most handsome guy at media day now? Hey, don't he forget, get proposed to. We're going to have the Super Bowl here on the fan on Sunday. Yes, we will. That'll be awesome. So stay tuned for that. We'll continue to hear from the Hey, maybe we could watch it and listen to it at the same time and have dinner together. We got a break.